Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. What up? How's it going, Chris? Yo, what up? How's it going? It's all right. It's all right. Uh, how are things going in New Mexico? Is it like 8 million degrees there? Oh, my God. Things are good. Yeah, no, it's it's just a little just a little hot, man, you know. But it's it's not but it's not humid like fair. Phoenix. Fair, fair. Is it green chili season yet? Is that happening? It's green chili season all the time. Fair. But yes, yes, it's certainly nice. time to roast roast that chili at this point. Roast that chili. Fair enough. Yeah, I have a buddy of mine uh, up in Temecula went to a store and picked up their chili because they went to, I think they met in college in New Mexico, so they're all about that green chili madness. Uh, as long I mean, as it's as long as it's authentic, man. We can't have right? y'all going to get Anaheim <laughs> chili and thinking no, no, it's the same. I think they specifically bring in like hatch chilies, like fresh yes. hatch chilies, and they go and they pick them up early, so they have them for roasting their own uh, green chili with those freshly imported hatch chilies, which is kind of hard to get around here. That's um, a, a delicacy, man. Like if you know, you know. If you don't know, we might, you know. Here's a little bit of you, for you to try, just a small tad. We don't want you wasting it. <laughs> that yeah, smell though is just one of the, one of its own though correct if you have not enjoyed hatch green chili i think you're you're missing out on one of the loveliest flavors uh out there as far as chilies um you know you can always go with the standard jalapeno a little you know uh poblano throwing that in there in the mix but nothing's quite as yummy as that hatch green chili yeah i know it's always green chili season in, in mm. new mexico but you know you know might need to figure out how to get some out to my boy before I before I touch down. Uh oh. Yeah, that's coming up soon, right? Yeah, before I have to get some out to you. Can't be taking that through the airport. I mean, like I'm sure we'd be good out here. They're like, oh, that's green chili, but you know, but what it would do through a couple of <laughs> through a layover in other places outside of the area i, I don't know so for sure i i did get, ship that to you i did uh watch a dude get uh himself um checked out because he had claves like a musical instrument like the two sticks you hit together yeah and like through tsa they're they're checking him and they're like wandering around with these claves and he's like what are these and the guys like those are a musical instrument and uh <laughs> Then I was like, yeah, those are claves. He's like, how am I the only person in the world who doesn't know what these are? And I was like, well, I mean, it is my job. Uh, the uh, Marissa is not with us this week. Uh, we're going to shout her out. She was, uh, you can saw, see some of her tweets from the men's national team game in, in uh, Tennessee, but she's not here this week. Uh, and Harry told us he's not hopping by the comment section because he's not available today, too. So we're, we're missing one on, on camera in the podcast and one in the comment section. Uh, but I know he'll listen. Uh, he'll listen later. So shout out to Harry. I mean, I figured you know, we, if we if we waited long enough, we could catch him on the rewatch. But we'd be live. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be like Harry, great Harry, enter a really great comment right here, and I'll be like, great comment, Harry. Um, and then uh, uh, seeing uh, Chiva at the game from two balls. Uh, I know they're in the comment section. I know Tony was talking all this smack about how he's the good luck charm for the loyal, but he wasn't there. Chiva oh. was, and then they won. So I don't know, Tony. I think uh, Chiva's coming for your uh, good luck charm for, for the loyal. Um, <laughs> and hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, he I, he beat the low bar that I set for their their video blog. Um, yeah. So uh, some big news this week uh, in our news and notes section uh, is uh, Corey Herzog's big week, uh, named to named player of the week. Um, after his two-goal performance against Los Dos, uh, tying himself for second highest goal scorer in USL history, uh, he's gonna have he's gonna have a problem catching number one right now, Dan Kelly, because he is still active and still scoring goals. Um, but um, well-deserved week for Corey Herzog. I'd say really impressive. I mean, 
it's one thing to to get yourself one goal behind, right? I'm sure someone was like, "Hey, you're just one goal behind," and he's like, oh, "I'm a, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go fix that." So the tires to get yourself tied to that record or to the second second highest is like pretty awesome, I'd say, and um, and well deserved for sure. You know what I mean? Like that just kind of goes back to showing why the Curry Hortzog uh, pickup was actually pretty big for San Diego when you consider that. And he's still going. Yeah, I was, I've been a little bit critical of Corey Herzog over the past couple of weeks. Cause I thought maybe uh, like his assists were coming along in August, but before that we weren't getting tons of production out of Corey Herzog the right. way that we expected to, like we were, he was still playing. He was still doing his thing. He's putting all out there. It wasn't like he was like, I'm not, not performing. I'm going to, I'm going to give you 50%. I was for sure giving us everything he had, uh, but it's nice to see him back out there. Uh, we had a chance to chat with him after the match. Uh, he basically was just like, hey, like, I'm glad I'm scoring goals, but I'm also glad I could be an assist maker. Like, I'm able to drop back. There's tons of guys stepping up and, you know, allows me a little bit more freedom. We saw that on, right. on Saturday, that little that that little bit of freedom really opens up Corey Herzog's game, I think, where he doesn't have to be that target guy. I think it's hard for him to be that target guy. Uh, but right. uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the specific game on Saturday in a little bit. But I, I do think he's he's really coming into form, which is what San Diego needs kind of in this run-up to the playoffs, is going to need that those goals um, from a guy like Corey Herzog, uh, let alone uh, Augie Williams yeah. or um, you know some of the other guys in the squad. Uh, so congratulations to him. Uh, congratulations! I know he chugged some uh, some stone beer with the with the fans on Sunday. What's up? Um, Where's his DP at? His what? His uh, his Dr Pepper. He's not not, not oh. drinking sodas. Uh, I didn't see Dr Pepper hanging around, but I he did um, he he did enjoy some beer. I know he goes over and gets that Buena Vista, uh, but he like he got the the ma- player of the match, man of the match. Growler. Oh yeah, he took a yes. took a nice big swig. swig. Um, and, and I agree. I think adding Augie uh, allows Corey to play his game. Uh, we saw this with Miguel Berry earlier in the season, where mm-hmm. it takes that number one target. Like if Corey is the only guy playing up top, it's super easy to target him and shut him down because um, defenses can can do that when you're game planning around one guy. But what we saw on Saturday um, was something a little bit something a little bit special. Um, and guys coming back. Uh, the next thing is, this kind of surprised me. I had to actually look this up to to confirm this. Um, who is San Diego's leading scorer, and how many goals does he have? Ooh, trivia. Um... This one surprised the heck out of me. Not so much who it was, but like how many. I was like, whoa, all right. It's it not snuck up on me. Well, I know I know that Augie is the third leading scorer with just those three goals, right? Uh yeah, he's up he's he's tied with Miguel Berry already. <laughs> is it uh is it Tumi Moshibani? Is that still yeah, yeah, it is Tumi Moshibani. The crazy part is I did not realize how many I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yep, yep. He has eight goals for the team this year. Oh, like I was like Whoa. This year, right? This year, yeah. I was super. I I was like, I probably was like, all right, he's got like five or six. He's probably the leading scorer for sure. But like eight, I was like, and then I started to like go through. I was like, uh huh, okay, yeah. I mean, he scored against Orange County like yeah. all three games. So, I I just want to shout out to me like silently becoming the leading scorer for Loyal. Uh, the goal he scored on on set on Sunday was. It was like mind blowing just how easy he like skated into the box uh, to put that one in, and just how like effortlessly he's been he's been scoring. And then just to see him smile, like there is nothing better from Tumi Moshobani than that post goal smile that we get from Tumi Moshobani. Well, um, yeah. Well, and again, like eight goals for this on the season, like literally, like I, that's why I go back and think. First of all, one that's not a whole lot of goals. But it was definitely a lot of goals, considering there was a time when, uh, when Loyal weren't really scoring, and so he was able to get on his horse and just like, you know, uh, simulate some offense. And then 
again, like right back to the point of Augie Williams becoming the, the the tied as the third leading scorer on the team in just two weeks' time. It is insane. Yeah, so uh Tumi Moshibane is uh among the better goal scorer. I think he's tied for twelfth or eleventh in the entire league as far as mm-hmm. goal scored, which when you think about if you were like, hey, name me the top, you know, 10, 15 goal scorers in the USL, you know, you would you would drop like Asante, you would drop Moar, you would drop, you know, obviously you would drop Haji Berry, like duh, that's you know, he's the runaway, you know, Ciceroni is another guy you but I think Chumi is really starting to make his name for himself in the USL as a guy who uh, is creative, kind of a creative midfield guy, but also a guy who can put the ball in the back of the net. He's that, you know, the goal he scored, he is basically playing off of Augie Williams making some runs. And I, it, I'm i sure if you ask Colin Martin if that was the easiest assist he's had in his entire career, it would probably be up there. Just pass the ball forward to the guy, and the guy just jukes his dude out of his boots and and basically just walks in on goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I just, I can't say enough great things about uh, Tumi Moshobane. Um, maybe he doesn't have as many uh, assists as a guy like a, a, a Sante is going to get. Uh, but as far as goal, uh, goal output, yeah, uh, he's, he's up there as far as the league is concerned. And we're definitely going to need a guy like him where if you know they're targeting Augie and you have two defenders following him around, he can easily pull them out of shape. And Tumi's the guy that's going to float on in uh, to put that in. So Tumi time times eight, a uh, little Jordan Cruz shout out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely love him as a player. Uh, he's grown a lot this past year. Uh, and then getting a chance to talk with him, he's super humble. Uh, and and just puts it out there every game. So big ups to Toomey. Um, and Wait, then last, gotta, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No. I was going to jump off that comment. What did uh, who asked me if, it, if I was drinking strawberry milk? Yeah, uh, strawberry milk. No, 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 no. It's a uh, it's called a pink flamingo, and I got it from Dutch Bros. It's literally peach, strawberry, white chocolate as a drink and it's like right. in a Italian soda base. Right. Um, so it's like really good. So, so not what, strawberry milk. Nope. It was like more of like a, uh, <laughs> kind of a, I don't know, kind of a guava ish taste, if you will, with those flavors. So pretty nice. And then some more love for, uh, the Twitter handle USL tactics. Um, John Morrissey put out yet another uh, video on San Diego. I think he really loves the way this team plays, and it allows him to create some pretty fun uh, videos. So about six hours ago, if you go to uh, at USL Tactics, uh, there's a really cool video kind of showing how the team is working with some of these new players, uh, how guys like Herzog and Guido are um, essentially – playing sometimes dummy roles but sometimes guys kind of sitting in the middle and pulling defenders out of space mm-hmm. to allow some of their other team teammates to be successful uh the first one is that augie williams goal which we're going to talk about in a second uh but you you look at <laughs> a little forward madison for your pink your your pink flamingo <laughs> drink uh, um, uh some really good videos about how it's not so much if you just watch the ball like the elijah martin to, to um uh, Elijah Martin to Augie Williams, that first goal, like you watch the play and like you saw it develop, but he really breaks down kind of the run by Guido to pull a guy out. Uh, and then how Augie Williams is able to kind of sit back as the defender floats up and there's tons of space in front of him. It's really good stuff. Uh, it's at USL tactics. Uh, where is he from? Is he independent of USL? Um, he is, um, from, he's from Air. He's originally from Indy. Then he moved to, Arizona. There's a great interview on the USL show this past week uh, that he talks about where he is. He ha- he interns right now with Tampa Bay, which is a really cool story on the USL show. Uh, but he's kind of independent. Uh, he's kind of a he does some consulting for Tampa Bay Rowdies, but really this is just a guy who loves the USL, who's putting in all this work out of the, out of his own time and energy. Uh, he started a website too. Uh, so yeah, at USL Tactics. Just tons of really fun videos where he just kind of makes these little clips 
um, on his own, and he does it for fun. Um, yeah, this guy is yeah. really knowledgeable. Really knowledgeable. Yeah. So if you're not if you're not following him yet, uh, for shame because we've talked about him and want to give him lots of love. Um, but uh, yeah, he's put together several really cool clips uh, since Augie has joined, kind of working the way through the team. Um, coaching future, uh, maybe not. Uh, I think he's getting into. Um, watch, just go to USL show, listen to his interview. He breaks it all down. The stuff that he's allowed to talk about. Um, so we just wanted to shout him out. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. No, I was going to say, I've, I've heard his voice many times. It's very distinct when it comes through too, but I've never like really seen his face. So it makes me always think about, uh, 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 Dr. Claw in the inspector gadget cartoon. You know, like you never, you never really saw who Dr. Claw was until you're like me maybe about two years ago when i just said you know what we have the internet now i'm gonna look this guy up i'm gonna google dr claw and it's like basically and his, like and his white like, cat <laughs> yeah it's basically like uh, it looks like the twin brother of the dude who sends him on the missions all the time so <laughs> there you go there's our there go. there's our uh inspector gadget corner there you go all right so uh we had a game on sunday stuff happened Stuff didn't happen. A lot oh, of boy, stuff we, happened. Too much. A lot stuff of stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff happened. <laughs> uh, San Diego loyal four, Los Dos two, or as some podcasts would say, four two Los Dos. Uh, they put the score set first for some reason. Uh, Corey Herzog is man of the match, um, but it could have. I wouldn't say it could have just as easily been. Uh, there were a lot of great. Uh, performances uh augie williams gets a goal and assist uh cory herzog gets a goal and um tumi moshobani gets a goal and an assist um so lots of stuff um lots of stuff going on in the weekend lots of goal scoring some slightly poor defending uh so let's get into it what are some of the uh let's talk about some of the good things first what are some good things you uh you caught up from this weekend chris I mean, just the first half of the match, really, for me, it's like there was just really good sequences. I mean, you know, you did, you definitely did see some points where San Diego w- was doubling up, like, Los Dos, you know, like, attackers. Like, that was interesting to me because, I mean, for the most part, they're rocking, like, a back two, right? Like, in, you know, as far as their back line was concerned. I mean, so I thought defense was good. Um, I thought that their sequence on attacks was good. Um, the first goal, just how it was set up, you know, was like legit because of just how uh, it was Martinez, right, who sends the ball, skies it over as a cross, and he's like got two two defenders on him. He essentially sends it into a space where it's like, okay, well, if you know, as long as Loyal is able to get ahead on it, pretty much, you know they're able to do something with it. So essentially um, I liked the spaces that they got into, you know, and just what the game looked like at times, you know? Yeah. We got a uh, new Martinez to do anything. Douglas Martinez seemed invisible. Uh, Yeah. I'm not sure he had, you know, the best game. I think there were some moments where um, he was able to play. I I think that, um, Similarly to Ibarra, it's not necessarily the things that he does on the ball, but rather off the ball. But yeah, he was um, probably not the best game for Martinez. Maybe he's just trying to fill his way into the system and into the lineup. Uh, We saw this with Augie Williams first game out when he was a sub, uh, that he was trying to put himself in good positions, but it didn't seem like the team uh, really was expecting him to be where where he was or not super comfortable putting the ball where he wanted it. Um, but we, we saw kind of the output over the past couple games and maybe, and hopefully we'll see that Martinez, uh, come to life over the next couple matches. Cause we're definitely going to need him to, uh, to be who he should be on the field. Uh, yeah, the first, the first, um, Augie Williams goal, a beautiful, uh, cross in from, uh, Elijah Martin. That's right. This was one of those ones where being in the supporter section was super cool because you knew that was a goal before. Like, as soon as uh, Elijah Martin hit that ball, I'm like, all right, here we go. Like, Mar- uh, Augie had so much space. Like, the defender 
pulls away, I think, to go with Guido. I think that's on the USL tactics. Pulls mm-hmm. Guido pulls that guy out, and Augie just like starts to go, and then he stops. And you can see him just this. It was just like parting of the Red Sea. And I'm just like, all right, here it is. All he has to do is put it on target. And he, he's he's a goal scorer, and he did. Uh, the second goal is the one you're talking about where um, Martinez puts it over a little right. bit too high. Yeah. But, again, uh, Augie is in the right place at the right time. And instead of trying to, you know, head it weird, he kind of takes a step back and puts it off just barely. It just kind of touches it to Herzog to allow Herzog uh, – time and space to get that that foot through two defenders and yeah. a brilliant goal scorer's goal that's that's the Corey herzog that we want to see that guy who's hanging around mm-hmm. that second guy in if augie over hit he's able to get into the air and play that ball in the air and put it back to herzog so yeah first half for sure was super fun uh super adorable super adorable super uh <laughs> it was super adorable uh a bunch of people in their green kits uh grant stoneman gets a yellow card so uh it it felt it felt good um second half was not the best i think everyone would kind of admit that it was a uh it was a sloppy second half um i think after the match some of us were saying you know, two months ago, this is a game that San Diego would have lost two two to one. They would have probably got you know one of those goals, but this is a game where they're up by one in the first half, and then they let in two in the second half and lose two to one mm-hmm. um, instead of win four to two. Uh, so yeah, there were definitely some some sloppy. It looked like maybe they get tired. I'm not sure how it looked on on TV. I know I was getting hot and tired and. Like, man, I don't know how they're running around out there. What did you notice from that second half, Chris? I mean, it just just tons of breakdown. I mean, you know, some of that brilliant play in the first half, you know, I mean, just kind of wasn't as brilliant in the second half. And, I mean, you know, if they didn't have those two extra scores, as everyone, as we're kind of alluding to here, and as it's been made known in the comments, then, you know, again, like things could have gone differently. But, I think that, you know, I think that's that was just the one thing. It's like, okay, you guys are playing so well, and, you know, now all of a sudden things are changing on you. You know, so that that was a little crazy. So I think that was what I noticed the most was just like, whoa, like this was anybody's game at a point. Yeah, and, and Landon Donovan called this a couple weeks ago uh, after the Orange County match. He said, mm-hmm. look, um, we – we have to play perfect to win and we're not playing perfect to win. And he said, there's help on the way that will allow us to not have to play perfect and still win matches. Mm -hmm. And I think this game was evident. Like there was some brilliant play, um, some brilliant goal scoring and some, some sloppy transitions. Um, I I think maybe some of those late subs kind of put out of position, out of comfort for that second goal. I think the first goal was just guys who were were just not covering correctly um, and not maybe not in the best position. Like we saw this a few times early, but San Diego was so well positioned around the box that Los Dos was challenging, but they weren't getting they weren't getting tons of really good chances uh, in the first half. Um, their big chances happened uh, in the second half for for Los Dos where, um, you know, Austin Guerrero has to make a really big save to, to keep a goal out. Uh, and, and the second half did look pretty rough. First half was more dominant, eight shots, three on target. Second half, two shots, two on target. Uh, so there was definitely a drop-off in the second half. Uh, but let's talk about the 64th minute. Um, Douglas Martinez and Guido come out. Uh, Toomey and Colin Martin come on. Uh, and I think that is when it changed back. We had LA was was on the front foot for those first you know twenty minutes or so. Right. Um, Colin Martin comes in, and immediately it's a game changer. Like you can see the 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 style of play shift a little bit. You can see the comfort level, and then he gets an assist. Sixty fifth minute, Corey Herzog or Tumi gets an assist on the Corey Herzog goal, uh, the second goal uh, for Corey Herzog, and then the sixty eighth minute a Colin Martin yellow card. So he is also just like Stoman <laughs> also back. Um, what did you notice? Did you notice a, sh- a shift um, 
while watching after those two subs came on? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and it was kind of spoken to this fact like earlier in the match that having Toomey come off the bench, um, you know, where he's got that amount of goals and composure was going to be a good thing for Loyal. And of course, him coming in does make it that. So essentially, I think that's pretty much the thing that I would say I noticed is that the game kind of returned, you know, at, at a point. So that was that was valuable, you know, for Loyal. And it wouldn't have been if things went to shit with him in there. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, it was good. It's definitely good to have him come in and that to be the case. So I think that's the biggest thing that I that I noticed. Yeah, and I thought Alejandro Guido played really well in kind of that further back midfield role. Uh, I know it's not necessarily the number 10 that we were hoping for in the middle of the season, but when you have guys like Adams, Guido, Herzog being able to kind of uh, a little bit of freedom to roll around, it was almost like a 4-3-3 at times, mm-hmm. like almost – um, with the, with Herzog and Guido a little bit more free to roam and find that space. And maybe that, that's what made Douglas Martinez maybe a little bit uncomfortable. He wasn't quite sure where he was playing in that system. Uh, but, you know, Ollie was great again. Yara was dynamite. Stoneman was really good. Guerrero, Austin Guerrero had some great moments. Like, letting in two goals, like, usually you're like, ah, oh, the keeper must have had a, a bad day at the office. He had a pretty good day at the office. Um, and, of course, Elijah Martin, that whole back line, I think this is our back line going forward. Um, this is like a playoff black line that I think people can get behind. Right. Um, I did see Jack without a sling. Jack Metcalf out of the sling, which is a good sign. Um, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, as we get healthier, now you can bring Toomey and her, uh, Martin off the bench. Or you can put in, pull off Martin and put in Guido. Like, you have way more options now going forward into the playoffs. Uh, that we didn't a few weeks ago, and that's got to feel good. Um, yeah, I mean, totally. Like, this is the time of the year when you need those options, right? And, right. you know, as things are, are kind of getting sorted out, I mean, we saw obviously Phoenix going into Tacoma and pulling a win, and, you know, so much of the talk was about, you know, getting that second spot. And so that was a really big thing for this match to go down with Los Dos, given the fact that Orange County is still kind of creeping around too. Yeah, for sure. And we will for sure talk about kind of the week that was and week that will be in the Pacific um, coming up. Any last thoughts about this Los Dos match before we head off to Oakland? No, I mean, Los Dos is, is another team that likes to attack heavy and, you know, I mean, they can't be taken lightly. So, yeah, and I mean, we know now. I mean, we talked about this with tie breaks. Um, San Diego does not have the tie break with Tacoma or Phoenix. Uh, and as long as San Diego keeps winning in, um, in division, they'll still have that third tie break over Orange County. But they, I mean, if they beat Orange County, they're going to have uh, that first and second tie break. So getting that tiebreak against Los Dos means that you're not going to have a heartbreak where if Los Dos starts to play better, which they can, and they're not that far away from fourth, there's seven points out um, from Tacoma right now in fourth. We don't have that issue of Los Dos beating us into the playoffs because of um, because of a tiebreak. And that's essentially what would have happened last season is San Diego would have been tied with Los Dos but would have missed out on a tiebreak. So now that you have that, um, you know, over Los Dos, um, I think you have it over Las Vegas, although that's not going to matter. Um, you're in a pretty good food, footing against Sacramento. Like, things are starting to co- take uh, take shape for the Pacific. Right. And San Diego is definitely in um, in uh, position to control their own destiny, which is nice. Um Mm-hmm. I did want to shout out uh, to the Los Angeles Galaxy fans who made their way down. There was quite a, a number of them, uh, and they handled it pretty well, like the team getting played off the, the field. Uh, I know this was big for them, too, because they don't get to see Los Dos because it's behind closed doors. Right. Uh, so it was great for them to come down, uh, to cheer on their team, uh, see some of their promising stars, including Augie Williams, uh, which after the match, 
he was being interviewed or before right before he was being interviewed for match day live uh a bunch of the fans came by and were like cheering for him you know saying hey we miss you uh it was great to see you like it was a really positive experience it was really cool to see that as well like there's still that connection yeah uh, you know he was like hey i miss you guys too uh, <laughs> and then we immediately said you can't have him we get to keep him for the rest of the season um <laughs> and then of course the the landon donovan chant at the end of the match too was was pretty classy as well um you know the oh landon donovan uh, and he recognized them and said thank you because you know there there is that history there and right you, at the end of the match the match is over we can you know go back to realizing that you know for for uh, LA Galaxy fans Landon Donovan is a is a huge history of that team um and you know obviously Brew is super excited about that too <laughs> Brew is a giant Landon Donovan fan um <laughs> see uh so I think it was really cool to um, to see that those guys come down. Like I said, they they were chanting for most of the match, um, and it was no no issues, no fighting, no anything. Uh, and then after the, the match, just the classiness of of giving some love to Landon, uh, and then also you know cheering on their their player who's still a Los Angeles Galaxy player. He's just on loan. Were they also sitting? Next to the locals yep. and Chavos in that, yeah, corner. that little corner, yeah, okay. yeah. Because I mean, again, the, I get... sound, the, the sound of support was certainly there. I mean, nonstop. It was nice, right? And it's like they they add to that environment and they make you want to cheer louder because you have to bury them out. Um, and I, I think it makes it makes the game more enjoyable on a different level. Like if you're the only supporter section, like you're cheering and you're going for it. But you know, if you take a break and the other team supporter sections there are going to make a bunch of noise. Like, no, nah, we can't have, <laughs> we can't have a, a galaxy chant being heard. We can't have, you know, their drums being heard. But <laughs> you know, I mean, as long as it stays friendly like that, I'm I'm all on board. Uh, so yeah, big shout out to the fans for coming down to visit. Um, unfortunately, we can't return the favor. Uh, they're still behind closed doors. Uh, but this is what soccer is about, right? Giving a chance for fans to see their local team, even though they can't see them at home, they can see them here. And right. uh, we wish them uh, safe travels. And hopefully uh, this becomes a a place where they can see their team because, you know, they won't in L.A., although they're leaving. So peace out. Um <laughs> Yeah, obviously right now it's kind of a three-way fight between the, those three teams uh, for second place, San Diego, Orange County, Tacoma. I would not count out Sacramento yet. Uh, they have yet to miss the playoffs in their existence. Um, and um, hope the USL is fighting them every game. I mean, maybe it's probably cheaper than hiring the staff for like 20 people to show up. But yeah, it's um, it's a little bit embarrassing for the league. Uh, and for the teams that want to travel and make that part of supporter culture. Um, but, you know, control the things we can control, and that is not one of them. Uh, all right. Let's, um, before we hit the Pacific, uh, let's uh, let's head on up to Oakland and San Diego's first trip to Oakland, where we get Oakland on a little bit of a hot streak. Um, I mean, not after what... Mm. Tampa Bay did to them. Uh, but between August 8th and September 3rd, uh, they won four games and drew two. Uh, and that was against we they played Sacramento, Los Dos, New Mexico, Las yep. Vegas, Phoenix, and we could talk a little bit about that Phoenix match, and then Tacoma Defiance. So not teams to sleep on, but um what are we uh what are we expecting heading up to to Oakland? I can't say that, like, the time that I've, the couple of times I've seen them play, it hasn't looked very organized, per se. It looks like pickup games of, of soccer. It's just looked like guys kicking the ball anywhere, like, you know, not necessarily much strategy or tactics as far as, like, you know, getting into dangerous spaces. I mean... They'll fire at will. That's something we've seen them do. And, I mean, like, they're going to kick heavy when they're, like, inside that 18, I mean, for the most part. Like, 
they're starting to kind of obviously figure out how to thread the passes a certain way and play a little bit more controlled. But I mean, between New Mexico and watching the Phoenix match, it still kind of was like like a wild game of soccer for a minute. You know what I mean? Like it's just the way they play. And I don't know if it's because they played on that stripe pitch or they played on that really long grass over at the other spot. But, you know, nonetheless, like anyone can get hot. They did. And, you know, I mean, it was just a little hard, hard to watch. That's all. Yeah. I'm not sure if we've played on turf. I used to know which ones were on turf, but they've been, I think, Portland used to be, uh, I don't, I think Seattle's grass, uh, Las Vegas is grass, Phoenix is grass, Orange County is grass most of the time, um, San Diego is grass most of the time now with that football, it looked a little rough on, t- on Sunday, <laughs> to not to be real, especially around that, uh, the penalty spot on our side, um, so I'm not sure if we played on turf, because Lou, Lou City isn't turf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the weird away games. I don't think our RGV's grass is re- as well. Um, so I don't think we've played on. Eddie says o- OC is a grass-like substance. Yes. Mm. Um, what up, not Andy the, King? Not the worst surface, OC. Not the worst surface. Uh, <laughs> and it was better. It's better this season than last season. Last season was woof. Uh, there were some really there were some really COVID uh, infected fields out there with you know people not taking care of it because you know you didn't want to send people out to be <laughs> in dangerous situations just to water grass. Uh, hey, so nothing, like, nothing like finding a, uh, a a knife in the pitch like what New Mexico found at the old Widener field. Ooh, yeah, a knife right in the goal box. So. Watch where you step. Exactly. They're like st- snitches get stitches. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think I want to say Oakland's facilities. Like, I think the grass field is actually a better field. Um, but we'll 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 see what we get. Um, they do play a midweek match um, against Las Vegas on the road before returning home. Um, so we'll see what kind of Oakland we get. Uh, Oakland, right? I think Oakland and Tacoma right now. Um, I think Oakland and Tacoma right now are going through some pretty tough. I think they're playing every Wednesday, Saturday. It seems like I know that's for Tacoma um, or Oakland is playing every like Wednesday, Saturday uh, for till the twenty fifth. I think Tacoma is doing something similar. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how much they rotate because I know there's not a ton of depth on that roster. It's not like they're stacked. Um, they they tend to play kind of route one soccer, uh, a lot of uh, just kicking it over the top and letting mm-hmm. guys run into it. Yep. And you know we've 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 seen San Diego do well against that, but we have also seen there's a couple times where uh, you give up a goal like that, like uh, Orange County and Domus. Uh, we've seen that there can be a weakness there in San Diego's defense. But I have to say, as long as Josh Yarrow and Elijah Martin um, and Ollie are on the back line, I think that we can take care of that Route 1 option. Um, but, yeah, they, they are getting better at pulling guys out of space to have better options going forward. But essentially, when they pull guys out of space, they still lob it forward. So we're going to see a lot of hopeful balls. We're going to see a lot of... Uh, over the tops, we're going to see a lot of Route 1 just attacking football from Oakland. And um, it'll just be up to the back line if they can withstand that um, at times. But I think um, this is another one where we can uh, dominate possession if we would like to. Um, but it's not like teams have necessarily done that to them in the past. Uh, Oakland does like to have possession uh, like even against Tampa Bay where they're losing three nil, um, you know, they were managed to have some possession, but breaking at the breakdown, Tampa Bay basically gave them the ball the second half. Um, so I think this is our game to go in there, dominate possession. If we're dominating possession, they're not hitting balls over the top. Uh, any names stick out to you from that Oakland roots squad? Um, Ameriquois. Quincy Ameriquois, 
is probably one. Um, I know you know New Mexico obviously sent uh, Brian Brown up to Oakland, um, really to kind of you know simulate his game. He just really hasn't translated so much down here. Um, so Brian Brown, once he gets you know obviously like ready to be put on their eight or get into their eighteen, he hasn't been in their eighteen um, yet. But uh, Quincy Ameriqua would be a name for sure. Um, of course, his and there's like a few other guys, but you know, yeah, some names that we might recognize: Tarek Morad, Emra Clementa are still on, um, still on their roster. Um, they played. Let's see, pulling this up, clicking on buttons. Uh, Emra started for them uh, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, their goalkeeping. Uh, they started out with uh, what is that guy's name? He had like Z- uh, Del. Good lord, why can't I think of their goalkeeper's name? Uh, oh. Let me pull it up real quick. Uh, De La Paz. Uh, I thought he did really, really well, but I don't think he's been playing. Um, he was out for national team games, uh, but he was he was pretty solid, uh, and that's what we saw from them. Um, against us right really solid goalkeeping um to to keep us to one goal um but you know they haven't had a clean sheet since they played sac republic on the the 11th so there there are some opportunities uh to get some goals against them uh and um i I think san diego with the way that they're playing right now oakland route shouldn't be a problem it'll be a tough match but it shouldn't be shouldn't be a problem it should be a it's a winnable game Oakland's fine at home, three, two, and three, eight, uh, 11 points in 11 games, or like 11 points in eight games. Uh, whereas San Diego on the road is 11 points in 10 games. Uh, in the last 10, um, they have San Diego in the last 10 on the road, draw, win, loss, win, win with that loss on the road. I think probably being in Tacoma, yeah, in Tacoma. So San Diego playing much better on the road as of late. Uh, and I think they go up there and show them the business. Um, any predictions? Um, hard to say. I mean, that could be a game where it could be kind of, man, that could be a game where it's down the middle. I mean, I could. I feel like I could predict a 2-2 game with that one you know yeah it's been it's been a while since oakland has lost at home uh the last time they dropped points was that sacramento and before that was phoenix on the 4th of october so or sorry 4th of august um so a pretty good team at home as of late uh so we i mean since marissa's not here i think i'm gonna go to one in you know to tip my hat to uh to marissa but i i wouldn't be surprised if it's like a one one draw um something where we get a goal uh and then we try to defend and they get a goal Uh, but i'd like to see us stay on that front foot and really put them under pressure like i know that we can um i think we have a, a pretty good pressing side that gets teams to turn the ball over when we want them to uh and when we want to play that way um but I'm not sure what the temp- the weather is going to be like up there in Oakland. It might be a hot one, so uh, hopefully uh, the team plays a little bit better and handles the heat. I think maybe it got to them a little bit this past game. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go two one, but will not be surprised if we walk out of there uh, with only a point. Um, not that I want that or rooting for that, but I think I can see that happening. Uh, this. So let's move on to the Pacific. Uh, last week. We had, let's see, doop-a-doo. All right, pulling out my window. Last week, Oakland lost 3-0 to Tampa Bay. We talked about that already. Uh, Tacoma beats Vegas. Uh, and Los Dos draw Sacramento in the midweek match. So the draw was good for us. Gave us some space between Sacramento. Tacoma against Las Vegas was kind of a bummer. I think Las Vegas probably should have had one point there. Um, and then on the weekend... Uh, Sacramento beat Las Vegas three to one. Phoenix beats a ten man Tacoma. So Phoenix or 
Tacoma's first home loss. The thing to keep in mind, though, is Tacoma is still only three points back with two games in hand. And we saw this. If they win one of those two matches, uh, they have the tiebreaker. So we would move, we would drop a spot uh, if Tacoma ends up on the same points as us. So still not a lot of space between us and Tacoma, um, but a first big, uh, um, first big home loss for Tacoma. So 72 uh, degrees on Saturday. So sounds quite lovely. Uh, and then the big one, I think, uh, for us is Orange County to El Paso two. Um, does OC have a new outlook with the new coach? I'm going to say no. Um, I think uh, the quotes that we got from the coach are the same kind of quotes that we've been getting. Hey, we gave up two bad goals that we shouldn't have bad defensive shape, yada, yada, yada. Um, and also um, we're just trying to get the guys back to where they normally are uh, or where they should be. Um, and I don't think there's a huge trajectory change from OC because of the new coach. Uh, but they do have guys coming back from injury. Seth Kasipli is almost back. Uh, we have, um, what's the guy's name? Thomas Anna-Voltson played some minutes. So I think you're going to see more of a change from guys getting coming back healthy, much like San Diego, as opposed to kind of a change of system from Orange County. Uh, they're still rolling with kind of like a 4-3-3, 4-4-2 kind of deal. Um, with kind of Damas being that center point. Uh, although... Ugo Akoli scored in this one, so if he gets going, they might be kind of dangerous. But OC drops points at home again to El Paso Locomotive. Uh, and so that's kind of a, a, the, the biggest score, I think, from this weekend regarding that playoff picture. Uh, any of those games stand out as super important to you, Chris? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely side with you, but... I mean, yeah, I think I think these the games that really are are important are the ones that are obviously that are going to clash and determine like those top two two positions. So, yeah, and this one does not help us out very much in the tiebreaker um, outside of just points uh, because it. I think the ter- third tiebreak is points in division. This was an out of division match, uh, so yeah, it hurt OC. I think they felt like they should have won that one. Uh, and they probably should have. I thought they played El Paso kind of off the pitch in that one. Uh, but Orange County giving up a late goal um, was not ideal and uh, probably felt like a loss uh, when you kind of outplay the best team uh, in the Mountain Division. All right, let's take a look coming up next for the Pacific for our foes. Oakland travels to Las Vegas on a midday match. Uh, that should be a fun one. Uh, Oakland in Vegas. Hopefully um, they play and beat each other up and they're all tired and tuckered out for our weekend match. Uh, some other ones in the Pacific is El Paso at home. to uh, Sacramento comes to visit, so that's another one to keep an eye on. Uh, if San Diego can get some points, they, again, could probably uh, guarantee themselves to create some more space between Sacramento because El Paso has not lost at home yet. Uh, so that's one to, to keep an eye on. It's at 9.30, sorry, 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, and then along with us in the late matches on Saturday, OC at home to Vegas and Los Dos home to Phoenix. Um, any of those sound super exciting to you, Chris? Um, you said you said El Paso, right? Yeah, El Paso welcomes in Sacramento Republic. Um. I mean, I think El Paso match sounds exciting from the mountain standpoint, but I mean, if Sacramento could upset them, that would be interesting. Yeah, I'm I I am very curious to see if um, El Paso maybe rolls out a slightly um, rotated side for this one. Um, right. Although, you know, I don't know if they want to to let up. Because again, they have uh, they're two points behind Phoenix, but a game in hand, and they have yet to lose at home. And this is where I think the Pacific Division is going to get interesting. Is Phoenix and El Paso are not going to let up, so Phoenix is going to play full out because they want home field advantage. El Paso is going to play out because they want home field advantage. Uh, so I don't think that there's any 
tons of rotation for Phoenix down the stretch, except maybe against like a Las Vegas or an Oakland, which we saw Phoenix drop points to Oakland when they tried to rotate. Right. But I think Phoenix goes hard all the way through, which is good for us because we don't see them anymore and they're going to have those other teams drop points. So we're going to see the gauntlet that we went through against them. Now the other teams are going to have to go through that. And I think that it evens it out and sends San Diego to a much better position. Uh, but I, I do find that one interesting to see kind of how Sacramento plays El Paso at home, uh, sorry, on the road with El Paso uh, putting their home unbeaten streak legitimately unbeaten streak not even just like well we drew a whole bunch uh like a certain premier league team when they went undefeated but like legitimately Mm -hmm. undefeated at home zero losses they only have six draws on uh the season so a very good home side uh with el paso so i agree with you that one's going to be a pretty fun matchup um el paso is eight two and oh at home 19 goals scored only five goals allowed in 10 games yeah, so that one's going to be an interesting one to see. And if yeah. things go San Diego's way, Sacramento drops three more points. So, uh, and hopefully San Diego can pick up some points on those. Uh, yes, we do not want El Paso in the first round. Uh, so we need to avoid that fourth place spot. I think third <laughs> place is way less deadly, although you might be traveling to RGV. You might be uh, traveling to San Antonio. You might be traveling to the uh, highest goal-scoring team in the West in Colorado Springs. Um, So any of those teams can end up in that second spot if we end up third, and I'm not sure we want to go to San Antonio or Colorado uh, either. Um, But definitely want to avoid El Paso in the first round and then see what happens from there. Yeah. So that's what's going on in the Pacific. Uh, lots of really fun uh, things happening. Chris, any final thoughts? No, I mean, you know, we're rounding out the last part of the season. And, uh, you know, San Diego's found some stride and they just need to keep it going. And, you know, uh, I mean, once post once regular season's over, postseason's like a whole other season. So they just need to, you know, keep everything rolling and then just, you know, and then they should should finish fine. And uh, any news about uh, the Black Diamonds? I know you guys are doing the the T-shirt fundraiser if you want to chat about that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely want to talk about that. So with what's going on with Black Diamonds essentially is we're doing this T-shirt fundraiser. It's the Elevate T-shirt. We're using the proceeds um, of that shirt to fund a free soccer program um, that we're gearing towards the at-risk youth in the black community here in Albuquerque. Um, that's really huge. I was actually sitting on a meeting today with a lot of city, uh, a lot of community correspondents. I was sitting on a call with like, like lieutenants of the of the Albuquerque Police Department and and um, council council chairs and such and they were talking about you know how saturdays is like a high day of youth violence in the communities and i'm sitting on this panel because they want to create ultimately like block parties in these areas that are underserved and provide resources and provide positive things for the youth and one of those things they want to do is obviously kind of team up with black diamonds to where you know we're already trying to put together a free soccer program and these would be essentially like mini camps um going towards the bigger thing of the soccer program you know so it's really a good outreaching opportunity so this this t-shirt itself um really will fundraise the soccer program itself that we're trying to create you know because we're going to need to buy balls we're going to need to buy equipment and there's going to obviously be any other sort of unforeseen expense to maintain the program you know there's not currently a a um soccer program or any sort of you know uh, initiative to really push the game of soccer towards the black youth of albuquerque so essentially that's kind of what our our get up is right and so you know this is an opportunity for youth to learn the game for the first time and to 
have a chance to fall in love with the, the thing that we all spend so many hours, you know, days, months, like talking about, right? They're going to get a chance to have that for their own. And and the next Mbappe or even, you know, um, Pogba or what, what, you, what may have could be in the inner city of Albuquerque for all we know. You know, I mean, I was thinking about this today, like, you know, talents. Some people have these these natural talents and other people it's like, well, it's not that I wasn't maybe good at this. I just never had a chance to be exposed to it. And, you know, I never had a chance to really learn it, you know, to get better at it. So uh, I'm just really wanting everyone to pick up a shirt, pick up a few, whatever you want to do there. You can, you know, obviously rock it for yourself or you can donate it back to the youth that are future. They're going to obviously participate in these programs, but we're trying to, um, our goal is 150 shirts pre pre-sold or pre-ordered. We're at currently at about 65 was the count today. Um, so we still have a ways to go, but I mean, I'm just thinking like, you know, we have 85 shirts to go and, whether it's 85 people that we all know that just each commit to one or it's, you know, even 40 people who commit to two or three, like this thing can happen. And I just really want to see it through. This is our first fundraiser. It, it's, it means a great deal to me for that, that matter. Um, and then just the other thing too, is like, you know, you know, anything that we raise in excess, we were going to put towards taking the kids to actual soccer matches. Cause that's another thing is that, want to take them to actual soccer matches. We want them to experience the in-game atmosphere and we want them to get like quality seats. We don't want to take, you know, the seats where like, you know, they, there are seats that I think the club will give, but it's like a lot of the times those are like the ones that are like kind of in the, the nosebleeds or the far out section. And we want them to be able to see the game and, and have a, a fair, fair, um, a fair view of it as well. So, yeah, you could totally find that information on the Black Diamonds Twitter account. Uh, Black Diamonds NM is the uh, is that handle, as well as on the Instagram. And uh, yeah, your support would totally mean a lot to me for that because I've spent a lot of hours really trying to think about how to get that out there and really how to communicate um, the the importance of it. It's not just me slinging T-shirts; it's me trying to build something from the ground up. And we, uh, I know the Fairweather Pod uh, has retweeted that, and I, I think I just saw the locals have retweeted that as well. Yeah, uh, shouts out to them for sure, and, and uh, Chavos as well. I saw like even like the Black Players Alliance were were shouting it out. So um, I know that th- this is picking up speed. So if you want to get in on this, uh, hop in uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, so help Chris uh, reach his goal. Uh, so. I think that's a great place to end in today on kind of a, a positive note about people doing great things in their communities, uh, using soccer as the method to make that happen. Uh, so, uh, Chris, where can we find you on the uh, internets? Uh, you can find me at by Chris Walker on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, obviously I'm running the black diamonds uh, social media accounts as well on Twitter. So black diamonds and M for those as well. Uh, if you want to reach out to uh, Marissa to tell her how much better the show is with her on it, uh, <laughs> send her some love uh, or to check out some of her tweets from the uh, men's national team game against Canada. Uh, you can hear her up at hashtag Marissa. Uh, you can find me Alan at a Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Uh, and as always, you can follow us at fair underscore pod on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're following, hit us up uh, on YouTube, click the bell. So you get notified when we go live. Because uh, we're not always on time, uh, but uh, it was great to see you guys in. Uh, great to see you guys in the comment section. Keep those coming. I see some questions in the in the Twitter feeds as well. Uh, so uh, we just want to say thank you, uh, and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. If you're listening to us on the podcast, I hope you have a wonderful day. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, 
USL and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.